You get up two and a half million dollars, any asshole in the world knows what to do. You get a house with a 25-year roof, an indestructible Jap economy shitbox, you put the rest into the system at three to five percent to pay your taxes, and that's your base, get me? That's your fortress of fucking solitude. And that puts you for the rest of your life at a level of fuck you. Somebody wants you to do something, fuck you. Boss pisses you off, fuck you. Own your house, have a couple bucks in the bank, don't drink. That's all I have to say to anybody at any social level. Did your grandfather take risks? Yes. I guarantee he did it from a position of fuck you. A wise man's life is based around fuck you. The United States of America is based on fuck you. You're a king. You have an army. Greatest navy in the history of the world. Fuck you. Blow me. We'll fuck it up ourselves. Which we have done. Beautiful fuck you position lost forever. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are the facts and the opinions hurt people's feelings. Of course, as always, for a hundred and what seventeen times now, damn, it's Jay, and I'm always here with the Confucius of confusion, the cultivator of conflict, <laughs> the curator of chaos, <laughs> the cornerstone of the culture. Wow, Welly F. That's an amazing introduction. I like that. You're, well, you're welcome. I, I I've do, been working I on that I all do. week. Wow. At least you worked on something. I had, yeah. I tried, I tried I tried. to work on like an intro and stuff like that. That stuff's hard to come by. Really? For me anyways. I think. I guess because I, so, I was being so targeted though. There you go. The reason it's easy for me to find intros when I find them is because I'm not really caring about whether people are going to like it or not. Because at the end of the day... When, when, whenever you're doing something and your your purpose is to please other people, it doesn't look as good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think I think even Picasso or, or, or a fucking you know a, a Basquiat, whoever, bang, like they didn't care about. I'm making this, and I hope people appreciate it. They're making it, and they're, and they're like, "This is how I feel." I know people are gonna appreciate it, and if they don't, I mean, hey, they could just ask what it means. You know, like. It's that simple. Like, if people really care about something, they're going to actually dive into it and, and fuck with it and try to see what it means. And, like, that's that's why, um, to me, in order to create, you can't be distracted by the outside world. Like, you just, you, you know, not, not necessarily be distracted by the outside world. The outside world could serve as your influence, but don't let the outside world bog you down to the point where you're like, fuck, like, I can't create something because, man, like... Are they really going to like it? Are they really going to like it? It's just, it's unnecessary. Like, I just don't care, man. I, I feel like when you're trying to create something, you're trying to bring what you feel and the vision that you have on the inside and bring it out. You're not trying to take out, take what's on the outside and turn it into something else. Man. You're trying to bring the inside out. Bam. And as go. long as you're not being influenced by the stuff on the outside, it's like, oh, well, no, you should, you should loop this or you should paint this or you should talk about this. You know, as long as you're bringing that stuff from the inside out, creation is easy. Exactly. So, and you did, you did good. I mean, you even had the alliteration in there. Like, come on, man. Like, who, who could beat that? <laughs> who could beat that? I, it's nice, man. I mean, j- that's why women all the time say, just be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. I, I, Give me the choice to make if I like you for you or if I don't. 
Be exactly. yourself because you come here and you be this facade forever. And when you when the facade goes away, now I have this whole different person that I got to determine if I like or not. That's the person that causes. That's the person that ruins women. Like those guys out there that that once they drop that mask, like they're the ones that have destroyed women like throughout society like for generations and generations everybody just being fake with each other that's why a lot of us are ruined men and women because people would rather play the false card the fake card first before they before they're their authentic self that's not fair like that's not fair at yeah, all fall, fall in love with this dream first and then i'm introduce you to reality that ain't cool man that ain't cool and that's not a good position to be in at all um Earlier this week, uh, posed a question today. I was just really sitting there in my in the office, and I'm like, man, you know, I really, I really wonder what always starts the what starts the debate up, or what starts the argument up about single people and and married people, and now we have this living your best life shit, and um, people tend to look at being single as a position of fuck you because they feel like a single person is literally doing everything and anything they want to do. And it's like, blah, it's, they look at single people in a way it's over romanticized because they look at single people in a way that in all honesty, if you're living a life that you want to live, then what does it matter? Like if you, why are you, why are you looking out the window thinking, damn, I wish I could go outside and play when all you wanted was to be inside this house. Exactly. You know, and, and, I really feel like, although with me saying that, I still feel that there's a certain part of society that shames single people, you know, and I think now it's almost like counterculture to to be the married one. Like when people when people get married now, it's almost like it's almost like they're going against the grain now. It's like they're the I mean, in all honesty, I mean shit. When you think about forty two percent of, you know, babies being born today are out of wedlock, you know, like that's that's not really far from fifty percent. Like no. you know, so when you when you when you look at that and you think to yourself, Well, damn, you know, it's getting to the point where being married is not the norm anymore. So being married in a sense is almost going against the grain, like we're, we look at married people on social media now and like we're like amazed now because we're like damn like people real they still doing this you know what I'm saying I still had to get married yeah and 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 I and all with even with that being said like I, I I still think older generations and older people just don't appreciate the reality of today and the reality of today is there are so many different constructs out there that people fall into. Whether people want to fall into that single people construct, the married construct, the construct of uh, shacking up, like all those things kind of can coexist within each other without people really, you know, shaming one another. And I call it single people shame mainly because the responses I received, like I think the response I, I received the most that I didn't like was somebody's parents telling them, you know, you ain't, you don't have a baby yet. And that's fucked up. I mean, I know it comes from a, a good place, and I, I think that comes from a selfish place. It, perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> that, that comes from a selfish place. You haven't had a, you haven't given me a grandchild yet. Yes, that's the, that's exactly yeah. how so, it's so said. That, yeah. So that I can spoil this child, whatever, do whatever. But 
Am I getting up at three o'clock in the morning? Nah, I ain't doing that. Is that a new expense in my household? Nah, I ain't doing that. I just want to be grandma for a little bit. Oh, they just take want these the icing. pictures by these cute outfits mm -hmm. and send it, this kid back to your house. A lot of them. A lot of them. You do have some uh, some full time grandmothers out there and granddads. Um, but I, I I feel like that's one aspect of single uh, single single people shame that I don't like because you're looking at a single person and you're saying you can do better. You know, and it's crazy with the single people, Shane, because there's positive ways of looking at it and there's negative ways of looking at it. But for, for the first one, I really think that I don't appreciate somebody looking at a woman and saying, dang, you almost 30, 31, you ain't got a grandchild yet. And they're not looking at the landscape we're in today. I honestly feel like in the landscape that we're in today, it's more beneficial for a woman to wait. You know, and, 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 and I, I truly believe that. I feel like if, if a woman can wait and I still believe if a woman is healthy and she can wait then there's nothing wrong with that like it's a lot of women out there I don't know how the freezing of the egg shit works I don't know if that's that's a, a, a proven science but there are a lot of women out there that are doing that because they want to further their careers and I feel like that that biological advantage that men have to not ever have to worry about having to call off because they're pregnant like or you know or or going through something hormonal that the, the rest of the masses won't understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to say for a period of time that when I was growing up, early 90s, I remember like when, when women would get pregnant, I want to say it was almost, they, they'd only had to work up to the point where they were like six months and they damn near get three months off. Mm -hmm. Like, that shit has changed drastically now. That's down to like six weeks. That's crazy. That's insane to me. And, and you're working up to like the week before. One dude. of one of my coworkers just had a baby and she like worked until like she went she worked that week and then she went to the doctor that Friday and it was like, Oh yeah, we're just gonna take you to labor and delivery. So she basically worked all the way up to that point. And then the next five weeks she's done. She gets to rest. She gets to rest. Ah man, I guess I feel like as a society, if we could if we can fund people that don't make any money have multiple children we're putting them in section eight homes we're funding their welfare i have no problem with with funding the welfare of a woman well it's not it wouldn't even be me doing it because a lot of these women have jobs yep. and it would come out of their of their job pension or something like that it, and even then i still wouldn't have a problem with knowing that my tax dollars are going to that because like i don't think that a woman should have to work up to a week like that's insane to me i I think that's unfair. This isn't this isn't something passive. Like you're creating life. Like you're you're. This is big and 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 there are so many complications and stuff that could possibly happen no matter how healthy you are. Leading up to this point, that it should be more. I guess I guess more valued. I th I think the the business world, the corporate world has has undervalued what having a child means. Like Definitely. even even the post stuff. Like I just learned this a few months ago. Like women, you don't have the control over your bladder, so you have the diaper thing. I didn't know anything about that. Shit, I'm looking at you like I don't know about this shit. Yeah, shit, I just I learned this a few <laughs> months ago. Like like after you have a baby, you know, I, that's all women or so. I, I don't, from from what I understood, it was all women. Oh, man, that you insane. were in like this diaper thing for a little while till you, you know. I mean, my son's mother didn't go through that. I guess because she was so young. But it's possible. Yeah, that's 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 insane. That sucks. That's uncomfortable. You know, and that's another reason why I feel like they shouldn't be in a workplace up until fucking eight eight months. I, I mean, who really wants that around? And then 
honestly, what is your, are you really effective at that point? I think you're still effective depending on your job. I mean, well, on the last your, person I know, on your position. I guess that's a question that we could save for Siobhan if and whenever she comes on because I, the only person, the latest person I know that had a kid, I mean, she's not at my job anymore, but I want to say she was just so tired sometimes. like, And she would oh, yeah. fall asleep at the desk a lot. And that's dangerous. That's definitely I mean, some, draining. Some, some, some jobs don't play that shit. They catch you napping on a job, you can go home. No, regardless. You know, so... Um, I say this to say that as a grandmother, you're telling your, your, your daughter, I mean, as a future grandmother, you're telling your daughter like, Hey, you know, why haven't you had a kid yet? It was like, well, I feel a daughter's response should probably be like in these times, stopping my life to have a kid is not something I'm mentally prepared for, financially prepared for. And so many other preparations that come in, come in course with that. I don't think that that's something that we should shame a person with. Absolutely not. On the other side, as a man, um, I think that if 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 a woman is looking at her son and she's like, "Damn, you know, when you and your little girl going, your little girlfriend gonna bring me home a child?" Like, that's unnecessary pressure as a man too, because it's almost like. You just want me out here just raw dogging this girl and I don't know if I'm going to be with her for the rest of my life. You know, she's cool, but we're still growing. And Or or it's not even that. You might have a plan. Mm-hmm. Me, mm-hmm. And, me and her, we discussed that we want to be engaged before engaged, we live married. together. Yeah, we yeah. want to be married before we have children. Yeah. You know, yeah, we've been dating and you know, I'm probably out here raw dogging, but like, <laughs> like we have a plan. We're making sure that, that, you know, I'm wearing condoms or, or she's taking her birth control like she, she should, because we have a plan. I sat down there and I talked with her and we have a plan. Mm-hmm. Now she might change the plan. I might change the plan depending on circumstances. But as of this moment, we have a plan. So what you're wanting, like, Oh, I see y'all together. I love y'all together. Y'all go ahead and make me a baby. That doesn't fit into our plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and honestly, baby boomers and the earlier generations really can't comprehend what it is to live in a society that goes against family norms. I mean, back in the 50s and the 60s in America, damn near 95% of the families that were in America have both parents in the home. You know, uh, they were actually married. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 the core values of a family and the community and all those things that we know as tradition, they really stuck back then. Those things don't exist anymore. I mean, we, there are so I, many more variables now. There are so many more variables and there's just so many more things that have tore apart what they believe is the American dream. And we already know what the American dream is. I really feel like the American dream has expired. It's time, it's time to rewrite what the American dream is. And I think, you know, for women out there and men, I think the American dream is to, to, to be stable. I think the American dream is simply to be stable and not necessarily do what you want, but I would say to have control of your circumstances. You know what I'm saying? Like to know you wake up and like, you, you know what your day is going to consist of and you're doing what you want in that day. And it doesn't cause any frustration or stress. Like that's the American dream. We have to dial it back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because, we can't sit here and say, "Oh, we're gonna own a home. We're gonna we're gonna live in this type of community, and we're gonna have this many how uh, this many garages and this many cars." Like that just ain't realistic no more because 
in order to in order to build yourself up in this day and age, we have to realize that stock markets are crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like inflation is crazy. You know, um, man, I was thinking the other day, like nobody talks about this a lot, though, but you know how impactful it's going to be. Because it's gonna happen. It might not happen in my lifetime, which is fucking scary. But Queen Elizabeth is going to pass one of these days. Yep. And when she passes, that is going to cause a catastrophe worldwide. Like, oh yeah, market wise, um, yeah, it's obviously it's gonna affect them out there more. But that's gonna have a global impact. That's going to that's gonna affect. Us monetarily, you could dig. You could dig into it. It's the truth. Well, see, I, I, I thought at this point she's just more of a figurehead, oh, and and like like the parliament is really pulling, doing all the all the decision making, and she's just kind of their queen. And she been she been in there too long for it to be that simple. She yeah. been in there way too long. What 52? fifty two, like early in the fifties? Yeah, she been in there too long, and it's gonna it's gonna shift. It's gonna shift the market. It's almost like it's almost like if somebody were to declare war. It would shift the market. Like a lot of people don't talk about it a lot, but you have to realize that a lot of a lot of people that work that work the stock market and a lot of Wall Street, you know, like bankers and shit. I mean, low key, they be they be waiting for terrorist attack. They wait for wars to occur because a lot of times that shit that shit that shit spikes the, that shit spikes the market. They want I, that I to mean, happen. I mean, the economy is 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 in its best during times of war. Exactly. You can always look back and see that when we're in war, things are 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 moving. Way better. So to translate that, when something negative happens worldwide, <laughs> a lot of it's gonna have some type of effect. The queen dying is gonna have a major effect in the market worldwide. Like that's it's it's inevitable. Like I was looking at this shit and I was like, damn, I didn't. I I'm like you. I'm like I think she's just a figure here, but I mean, if if the queen wanted to go to war, she could literally declare war. Like she has yeah, that yes, power. Yeah. You know, that's a that's some shit right there. You know, and I don't want to get off track, but. All, all I'm saying is to to bring it back to to single people. Um, the reality is, this isn't this isn't the fifties, this isn't the sixties, <laughs> this isn't the twentieth century. We live in times where preparation is very necessary, planning is very necessary. Like everything isn't as structured as it was back then. Like we weren't coming home to a bottle a, to a glass of milk at our door. You know what I'm saying? Like we weren't. We weren't coming home like a lot of people that come home these days. Like you have more latchkey latchkey kids now than back then. Like mm-hmm. I want to say, like twenty twenty five million of the kids under eighteen years old right now live in a single parent home. So if that's the case, that means these kids come you know in these single parent homes. I mean these single parents, a lot of them are working, right? So a lot of these single parents that are working, they they're not actually having the time. To lay down the foundation of how to of how a kid uh, uh, how a grown up should be like most of their time is spent working, you right. know that's a that's a dynamic that the fifties and sixties didn't know because if, a, if if you was a single mom in the sixties and fifties more than likely you were either probably a war widow or or you you were you were divorced and we we both know that divorces weren't that easy to come by back then so more than likely you know you were looked down upon you know so times have changed drastically like i don't understand why the older generation doesn't want to accept that i don't necessarily think that it's a good thing but that's just something that it is what it is i mean it's occurring mm-hmm. you know i mean to sit there and tell somebody you know go ahead 
But also you think eventually we're going to become the older generation too. And we'll still be faced with way different battles. Yeah. And you know, as society progresses, we're going to be stuck in our ways and we're going to be looking at these young people like, you know, what the fuck are y'all doing? Why, why are y'all doing it like this back in my day? Shit. What, what, what do you, what do you think you're going to be able to tell somebody that is, is 20 years from now, like about, about this time period, like, are you going to be able to say something positive? I mean, it's hard to ask that question, not knowing what you're going to be dealing with in 2025. Mm-hmm. But if I'm talking, even if I'm talking to my son, I mean, when I tell them back in my day, I mean, it's easy to say back in my day because I easily can remove the phone. Like the phone is such a major component of today that I can easily talk about that, how it's changed in the past 15 years to now. Like 15 years from now, I mean... I imagine it's going to be a lot, a lot worse. I mean, in the 60s and 70s, bro, a, a poor family didn't own a TV. Poor families own multiple TVs now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like poor families own the best phones these days. And when I say poor, I mean people that you probably would classify as living under the poverty line or at the poverty line. These still got iPhones. Still got iPhones. Still got big screen TVs. Like, that wasn't something that was the norm back then. That is the norm now in America. So, like, I don't know what's going to happen 15 years from now. Is it going to be, are we going to be able to actually have a poverty line that's going to be easy to recognize? I mean, it's hard to recognize now. Like, you go up in a Section 8 apartment, you're like, God damn, I want one of these. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is nice. You know, these motherfuckers nice, but... You look around and you're like, damn, this motherfucker's 70 kids outside. You know, you know the difference between a Section 8 apartment because of that characteristic compared to a condo downtown. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a condo in the suburbs. Motherfucker's quiet. You know, kids are scarce. I mean, they may be out there, but they're spread out. Yeah, they're not in the, they're not in the drive, in the parking lot playing football. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a big difference, man. And the the I know that the older generation really values community. They mm-hmm. really value the village. But I want I mean the reality is the the American way today doesn't allow for the community and for the village to be what it once was. And I guess a lot of that can be blamed on inflation. A lot of that could be blamed on, you know, all these different political groups, you know, wanting their own power. You know, it, you know the tug of war that we always talk about, um I think a lot of I think I think five or ten years from now, a lot of these political groups and a lot of the things that they're pushing for, they may look back and say, "God damn, I wish I'd have never fought for that. I, I didn't know better," you know, um, because it happens. You know, uh, uh, people not really privy to the information of history. I mean, because we all are as Americans, we have the right to go to a library. I'm gonna go look at it. Though. <laughs> you know, we can we can Google some shit if we really want to know. Um, but the reality is a lot of people that are pushing for these political positions and, and different propositions to be passed, they don't know what type of effect that's going to have, you know, long term. Like, no. everybody's, you know, pushing for the de- decriminalization of marijuana. Uh, President Trump is an advocate of that. And um, we don't really know what that means. Like, I can't tell you what legalizing marijuana is going to do for us as a society. Do you think that's going to make us probably a lot more calmer? Do you think we're going to love each other more? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I personally think that 
legalizing marijuana is just going to make them richer even more. That, that that's that's what's only that's the process that's the problem with it now. Like it's taken so long because they got to realize how they're going to capitalize off of it. Basically, once they find out how they're going to capitalize off of it, then it's fine. Like Colorado found out how we're going to capitalize off of it. We're going to tax the shit out of it, and so they tax the shit out of it. Billions come back into the government. Billions come back into those the the richest richest pockets. So it's already good. So they're just trying to figure out how to do that state by state because, you know, tax laws and everything are completely different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And them tax laws crazy going from county to county. Bro, I think I went, I was in Harris County. I went to Chick-fil-A, got the same thing in, in Harris County. Then I went to Montgomery County, went to Chick-fil-A, you know, a couple weeks later. And I remember the fucking price. The shit was like a three cent difference. <laughs> well, that's some weird shit, man. Like, what the fuck does that even, I don't know, man. Taxation is Side note. Yeah. You, you know how you got the cash app card, right? Yeah. They give you a 10% discount at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, it's a boost. Yeah, my son—that's my son's. My son uses that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it sucks because it's the the two places that he goes to a lot are Chick Fil A and Panda Express, but um, only Chick Fil A does the boost. Yeah, it's kind of cool though. Subway does the boost too. Really, I don't fuck with Subway, man. I went. I went last week for the first time in a while. Go to Chicago, man. It's fucking Subway and Dunkin' Donuts on every corner. It is. A Dog, that shit, oh, yeah, that I've never crazy. seen so many Dunkin' Donuts in my life. God, and Dunkin' Donuts man. is trash to me. Bro, Dunkin' Donuts is garbage to me, dog. <laughs> Maybe it's a Midwest thing. Maybe it's an East Coast thing. I don't like Krispy Kreme or, or fucking Dunkin' Donuts. I barely like Shipley's, but Shipley's is fucking delicious. But I, I just don't, I don't obsess over Shipley's like most people out here. I, I, I kick that narcotic. You know, That's good. I, I'm, man. I'm able to practice moderation with Shipley's now. But you be going to some old fancy donut places though. What you mean? I think I think you went to a fancy donut place last time you went to a donut. Place. Oh, I, I I used to, but the, the owners were were running it, and now that the owners don't run it, I don't like the other staff, so I don't go there anymore. Yo, fuck with them. That's what's nah. up. That's what's up. But yeah, man. Um, I midway through this episode, I'm just gonna say there's nothing wrong with being single or being in a relationship. There's nothing wrong with either. <laughs> exactly, and. Another thing that had bothered me that I saw that was said, you know, in one of the responses was the the uh, the whole. I, I guess it I guess it kind of you know dials back to somebody saying like their their grandmother or their mother was like oh so you gonna be one of those career women. I'm like, <laughs> once again, I actually advocate for that. Like, that is something that to me, if 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 I'm talking to a woman and she's telling me straight up like hey. You know, I, I like being single. Um, you know, I like you. You know, I, I want to be with you. But because, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, there are men out there that are stable in their lives, black, white, Chinese, and, and they come across a woman. They're like, damn, you know, hey, I want you to be the, you know, the, the, the mother of my kids. And it's going to be times where a man is going to meet this this woman that he 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 loves the way she looks, loves her personality, and he's like, I want you to be the mother of my kids. You know, he's 31, 32, she's 28, 29. She looks at him like, hey, that's cool and all, but I don't plan on getting on birth control until 32, 33. You know, she has control of her reproductive, you know, you know, organs, so she has the right to wait, just like a man does. A man can say, you know, hey, I'm going to continue to use condoms, and I'm going to continue to participate in safe sex until I'm ready for a child. And that's, once again, there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with seeking stability in life. And living in America, that is like super crucial. I was thinking the other day, because, you know, we were talking about parenting on a couple episodes ago. 
And one of the things that I, I really, you know, think about tough right now is um, our young men especially, and our young women too, but our young men especially, we, we really have to start pushing them towards career fields that require them to use their brains a lot more. Because there are so many things that the powers that be are putting their money behind to eliminate labor. You know, like, and when I say labor, I mean hands-on labor. That's why I think, that's why I have respect for the for the Spanish community. I, I have a huge amount of respect for them because they adapt well. Yeah. You know, don't think, like, it's a real cliche for some, you know, we live in Houston. I know plenty Mexicans that run, you know, chemical, like, chemical uh, warehouses. You know, uh, I know plenty, you know, Mexicans that, do or are in situations where they're in accounting and shit. Like these Mexicans aren't just cutting yards and, and, and janitors. That may have been the case in the eighties and nineties, but Mexicans definitely are infiltrating into call centers. They're infiltrating into, you know, they're infiltrating into places where it's really hard to, it, I don't even know how that cliche is sticking with them. Even, even more than that. Like when I bought my car, the guy that was in the finance department, he was like, he was telling me about himself. He was like, you know, man, I dropped out of school in, in the eighth grade. Uh-huh. Like, you oh, know, you talking about him? Yeah, he, he dropped out at the eighth grade. And, you know, he's like, you know, I started selling cars. And, you know, I, I moved up in that. And I moved up and I moved up until, you know, they taught me financing. Like, you know, I'm in here making 180 a year with not not even a high school diploma. I got a GED, you know. Very possible, yeah. It, it's yeah. possible. I think I think they're a very driven culture. Definitely. My homeboy, I mean, shit, uh, shit one of my closest homeboys, Hispanic cat, dude sharp. He ain't seen a he ain't seen an ounce of college. She made way more money than me, mm-hmm. all because he learned something. And this is and, and, and this is something that I learned, I learned from you know twelve rules is. And I've always thought this. I've always felt that multitasking was dangerous. I've always felt that you know being multifaceted is one thing, but multitasking is dangerous because of the fact that a lot of us have this tendency to go into something, and we go into multiple things, and we don't put our all into that one thing. I think Hispanics and especially my homeboy had a knack for focusing on one thing and mastering it because you cling to something that you love and you don't let it go until you get it to the point where it's second nature. I think that's real important. Right. And I think a lot of us, we have our hands in so many things. We never actually perfect the craft because we think multitasking is so cool or so dope, but it's like, nah, it's the multitasking is, it's not necessary if you're not trying to get certain things done by a certain timeline, like you, I mean, a certain deadline, like multitask, multitasking is, is very, is a, is a situational thing. And I don't think it's always necessary, but I think when it comes to, you know, if I'm giving advice to my son, I'm gonna tell him like, Hey, my son's real good with numbers. I'm gonna tell him, Hey man, you might want to start, you know, yeah, the basketball and the sports shit is cool, but you might want to start getting to the point where you're looking at accounting and you're looking at financing. Now that way, by the time you get to, your freshman year in college, the shit's already second nature to you. Right. You know, like, why wait on? Because don't get me wrong, you may you you may switch your you may switch your degree plan and you know, but guess what? It's always good to have that backbone of something that can make you money when it's a, it's a second nature to you. Like, like for me, like I felt like you know when I was like 17, 16, I was always like, man. I'm, it's 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 important to learn how to drive because there are so many different driving jobs out there. So why not you know try to learn how to drive a cement cement truck, a forklift truck, a stand up forklift, a sit down forklift, um, fucking eighteen wheelers. 
that's a that's a good skill to have. And the scary thing about that field, although that is the number one field for men in America that don't graduate from high school or go to college, that field eventually is going to be taken over by autonomous vehicles mm-hmm. because the powers that be are saying like, hey, we can make our roads a lot safer. We can actually cut cost. And, and the crazy, the, 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 the thing, that's why I say, man, I, I, I like Republicans, I like Democrats, but they're both idiots on both sides because Republicans swear up and down that they're all about trying to, you know, better America. They want to decrease the national debt. But a, a part of decreasing that national debt is to make sure that each American citizen is able to attain a certain amount of money. You know what I mean? So if one of the number one career fields in America is going to be depleted by autonomous vehicles, isn't that just going to create more homeless people? That's what you think. <laughs> you know, just like in San Francisco, they say, oh, we're going to we're going to we're going to raise taxes on big, big business. Listen to yourself, dumbass. If you raise taxes on big businesses <laughs> like all that's going to probably do is. Create more homeless people. Yeah, oh, wait, ta- I got to pay more taxes? Y'all hitting my bottom line? Hey, I got to cut some of y'all loose. You want to tax big businesses to, to help. You want to spread welfare to homeless people because big businesses are flourishing in your community. So you basically want to punish them. I mean, I get I'm, your I'm angle. you a, a homeless tax. Yeah, once again, it's 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 almost like it's like I said, perspective. I get your angle. You, 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 you sh- you're showing empathy for these homeless people. And don't get me wrong. If you're listening to this and you don't live in America, trust me, we have been groomed to be desensitized to when we see homeless people, we would drive the fuck past them. It is it's 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 second nature for Americans. But at the same time, like I told you, I seen this homeless person. She had a sign homeless and pregnant. Anything helps. My first thought is, damn, you homeless and pregnant. Like, that means you didn't have a home. You just outside fucking outdoors. But I mean, I know there's a lot of layers to that, and a lot of you know. You, <laughs> you already know what I'm about to say. There, there's a lot of layers to that, you know. She, you know, whatever, what have you. But then the next day, I drive by and I see the same person. Then she's smoking cigarettes. I'm like, the cigarettes eight nine dollars a pack, bruh. I think, bruh, cigarettes are expensive. They're probably more expensive than that. Like I don't know, I don't, I don't even know how people still afford to smoke. <sighs> they can't. They can't. You know why? Because Americans re- represent America very well, and Americans love to be in debt. <laughs> and a, America, American person will go in debt getting a cigarette if they Char- will. charging cigarettes. They will charge that bitch to a credit card. Jesus, trust me. Jesus, I'm telling you, man, he wasted his time with 444. I told you, bro, it was some knowledge that he spent on 444 about blacks in general just being smarter with their money. Like it was a big difference when that boy was talking about, hey, you know, fuck, you know, throw away the jerseys. We on the we on the, we on the button ups now. Niggas hopped on that shit. Yeah. But you tell them to save money, save money. I got about these button ups you told me to get oh, back in two thousand three. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get these Louboutin with the spikes in them. Like what? I got to go in the debt to get this Gucci belt. No, that's that's American culture, bro. Like that's that's second nature for us, bro. Like it's like we're. We're hardwired to say, fuck it. If we need something, we want it now, we will suffer to get it. By any means. <laughs> it is what it is. But um, it's 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 hilarious, dog, because when I sit here and think about 
and then obviously I'm, I'm getting back on track. I was <laughs> sitting here thinking about somebody being questioned about wanting to be a career woman. There's nothing wrong with that, ladies. There's nothing wrong with that, men. Because once again, there are ways that you can go out and seek help too. We, we, we encourage people to seek help when they're already suffering. Yeah. But it's nothing wrong with telling people to seek help when they're in good positions. And I feel like it's actually it actually would be good practice for somebody in a relationship, in a healthy relationship, to be like, hey, you know, when it's healthy relationship, you know, everything's going good. But we want to make sure that our plans won't be altered by some some weird shit. Obviously, that's why people freeze eggs now. Mm-hmm. And I think that, it, you know, if, if y'all have this plan, you know, because... Uh, Honestly, this girl, you know, she could be in nursing school, might might have two years left, and she's already met this man that's a year or two into his profession already, or vice versa, um, more than likely vice versa. Um, and, and it's only fair for somebody to be like, you know what, I'm going to wait for you to catch up. And, and, and I think that's the real, like, you talked about independence one time, and I think that's the real problem with independence. Um as crazy as that sounds, it shouldn't be a problem with independence, but I think the real problem with independence is meeting people at their level of independence. Like, how independent you're, you're, you're are either, you? You're either trying to catch up with somebody or you're trying to wait on somebody to get to the point where you're at. Man, people are impatient. I think that's another American value that we overlook. Like, people are super impatient. It's either, you, you, either, you either got a couple of months to catch up <laughs> or maybe I give you a year, or my nigga, I ain't finna sit here and wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm here already. You better get here fast. Damn, that's that's crucial, man. And that's that's something that a career woman should be telling her mother. Be like, hey, you know, well, we're just not right there yet. We're not, you know, everybody isn't like our friends, you know, Christian and like everybody isn't in that situation. Like I, I want to say most of our friends are in that situation to where it's kind of an even playing field, mm-hmm. you know, but that's just, that's just the luck of the hand. I don't, I don't think that that's common for everybody to look to the side and be like, man, you know, most of my homeboys are in relationships where it's a level playing field. Like I don't count motherfuckers pockets, but when I think about them, I, I don't think that anybody is just to the point where like, oh, they stunting on that girl or they, they girl stunting on them. I mean, it's, Probably pretty even these days, especially in the black community with who we know. Yeah. Um, another response that I heard that that um, bothered me was uh, the one about um, the, the 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 family coming back talking about well, we really like that girl. <laughs> they, they they're hung up on the ex. They're hung up on the ex, and I'm just like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, that's a that's a way of shaming a single person. That's like. So, so what you said, I made a mistake. Like, Basically. You knew the situation more than me. <laughs> like, A lot of that can, to me, be the catalyst to why there are so many people out there prolonging relationships that they really shouldn't be prolonging just based on the fact that it's like peer pressure. It's like, damn, when my family really fucks with you, I can't stand your ass, but... I'm trying to please somebody that's not me, so... That's why we as individuals in 2018 definitely need to take more advantage of that because now more than ever, I think it's perfectly fine with, you know, being selfish. Like, and it sounds bad, 
But at the same time, I think it's, I think it's very refreshing and it's very healthy for you to realize that, hey, I'm doing things that please me. That way, whenever, whenever, if anything goes wrong, I can't blame anybody. Right. It's It's on me. me. I made these choices. Earlier you were talking about emotionally, what, you said emotionally weak men? Uh, Emotionally emotionally lazy lazy men. men. I really didn't understand that term. Would that would would emotionally lazy men fit with that guy that is too lazy to tell his family fuck off? Well, no, no this is this is this is different. It, it's it's in the realm of being single and dating. And I was on my sister's Snapchat, and I seen where did this post go? And I I seen she put this post up, and I was um, and I it was okay. First of all, I wasn't sleep. I don't I don't sleep at night. Oh shit, I can't even find it anymore. But basically, it talks about how a man will do all these things to get a woman, but then he doesn't do those same things that he did to get a woman to keep that same woman. And so, and she was a yeah, preach girl, whatever. I was like, so, and so I, I come and I was like, so in a sense, women are emotionally lazy. And then she goes, no, women aren't emotionally lazy because, you know, we never did anything from the beginning. <laughs> And I told, Jesus, I told you, I was like, you see, you see what you did there? Like you never did anything. This man chased and courted you for all this time, you know, to get your attention. And then he started backing off or, or started doing less and you don't, you don't care for it. And I, I, I use a different analogy with her, but I'm gonna break it down to even a simpler term. Now I'm saving to buy a car. Hmm. I do, I go out of my way to save money because I want to buy this specific car. So I'm saving and I'm saving and I'm saving and I'm saving. And guess what? I save enough to buy this specific car. You know what I do when I buy this specific car? I stop saving to buy this specific car. Because you got what you wanted. I got what I wanted. But I know that this comes with maintenance now. I'm going to end up having to buy tires for this car. Yeah. I'm going to end up having to change the oil in this car. Definitely. I'm going to have to make sure that it's clean. I'm going to have to make sure that all the fluids are checked. I'm going to have to make sure that the time and effort I put into this investment is reflected by being maintaining it for the life of, for its usable life. So when in pursuit of a, a, a mate, I want to say a woman, but I'm going to keep it kind of general here. You do more than you normally would. You go uh, over and above your way to to impress this person. And then you get this person and you know you want to be comfortable mm-hmm. with this person. You get complacent. You get you get complacent. Mm-hmm. You want to be comfortable. And so you don't do the same things you did that got you there, but you're on another level of just trying to maintain and be comfortable and enjoy what you worked hard for. Because when you're in that car that doesn't, you know, that might shut down at the stoplight, that might not crank when you in the morning when you need to go to work, what are you? You're worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I don't know if this car gonna start. I don't know. It was, it was some issues. I'm worried. I'm, I'm, I'm working, you know, to, to get something better. I'm worried. So you're worrying this whole time that, like, you know, is she gonna like me? You know, if, if, I, if I don't take her to, to Benihana and we just end up going to Genghis Grill, like, is she gonna like me? Is she gonna like me? Well, no, I need to go to Benihana. I need to do this. I need to do that. And so you're selling them on this higher level and then when you get them you come down and then you're more complacent and you're more comfortable and you don't do the same things because you think that they've fallen in love with you and not the activities that you presented to them and so to her she was categorizing that as oh he becomes emotionally lazy he stops caring and he stops that no he still cares but he just feels that he's proven his worth to you now hmm 
can I want to take a step back. Can you explain what courting is? Courting is 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 the stage to me. It, it's dating. Courting is akin to dating. We're not in a relationship yet. We're still trying to figure fill each other out. Okay. So me personally in the asshole that I tend to be at times. Oh Jesus. <laughs> when I hear the word courting, I definitely hear court jester in there. So <laughs> I just think of this clown just doing the most to get somebody's attention. <laughs> I mean I think it's a dangerous game you're playing. It is a dangerous game you're playing, but it's the dangerous game that must be played. Ah. This it, is why I, this is why I When I when you're you. when you're chasing a woman you if I like to stay at the house on the weekends and watch Netflix, I can't chase pursue this woman that I've determined that I want by saying, hey, you want to come over and watch TV? Because that's what I like to do. You want to come over and watch TV? What do you like to do? Oh, you like to go out to expensive places. Well, yeah, if that's what you like to do, I want to do what you like to do. And, you know, men, we're taught to be chivalrous. We're taught to pick up that check. I'm out here at Stake 48 picking up checks. That's a tough one right there because, once again, you know, like I said, like a clown, uh, a lot of times we tend to put ourselves in a position to where, you know, we put on these big shoes and this big bozo nose to get that to get that laugh that we probably wouldn't get if we took all the makeup off. Right. So all I'm saying is, from the beginning, I honestly feel like as a man, um, and uh, as a man trying to get the attention of a woman, I, I don't think, and this is my advice, I guess, to any man out there, um, I, I still think that you have to be true. You have to be truthful with yourself, and I believe that there is nothing more consistent than the truth when you're dealing with somebody. Because if you consistently are truthful and you're putting yourself in situations that where you're being honest with yourself, like um, once again, I mean, I'm I'm not attacking the guy that is 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 um, rolling out the red carpet for a woman that he really really wants. I'm not attacking that man, but I am. Th- I am asking that man to 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 ask himself: Is this something that you can consistently do? Because me and you both know, grown ass men, we both know that something women love and they will always love is consistency. Yep. And I, and you can't blame. Them. Of of course. Um. Shit. It's kind of like the show. <laughs> the show's consistent. <laughs> I can't blame y'all for liking it. Exactly. You know. But no, no, no. All bullshit aside. You have to, you have to realize that if you're dealing with a woman, you're dealing with somebody that you're trying to be with, then they kind of value that structure. They kind of value the fact that, oh, so this is what I'm going to be getting for a, a long time. Not necessarily forever, but I'm going to get it for a long time. And that's something that makes them appreciate you if you're actually doing like, if you're actually doing something as exorbitant as fucking Stake 48, Benny Hunters, I mean... My guy, I hope you can keep it up for two or three years. And I feel like that's fair. I feel like if you couldn't keep it up from day one, you should do what you can keep up. That's where I am now. Like, no more of this. Because um, I, I never want to sound like the victim. And I want people to realize that when a man is putting himself in a situation where he knows better, he has to realize that, hey, like, I kind of asked for this. I knew what was possibly going to happen because every woman I come across is not going to be understanding of the fact that when she met me, you know, my credit card <laughs> that I was using the whole time is damn near maxed out. She may not understand it. She may look at you like, who told your dumb ass to do that? Yeah. You know, and 
in that situation because in his mind he determined this is how I have to impress her and that's and that's the problem with a lot of us we get into these situations where we don't have conversations like I keep telling people all the time like when you first deal with somebody go somewhere where y'all can actually have conversation that should be the focal point of courting and dating conversation not the court gesturing it should be all about communicating expectations um, intentions because once again, something that women tell me all the time, they just want they just want a nigga to be truthful. Yeah. Nigga tell me be honest with me. me. You just trying to fuck? <laughs> yeah. So Guess I, what? Me too. Look, <laughs> see you didn't even know. Exactly, you know. <laughs> but if you get out there act you know, putting on this act, you put yourself in a dangerous situation. And and, and it still goes both ways because it's kind of it's kind of insane to think that you're gonna take a kid into a candy store and you know and ask the, and you're looking at the kid and the kid expecting you to say you can only get one like come on like <laughs> you the kid, this like, whole store man it's got all this all this and all I can get is one like the kid is not expecting to hear that so you can never really expect the woman to be like this the last time we coming to Benihana huh like this the last time we finna you know go to Pelly Pelly or some shit like it's that's not realistic so all I'm saying is. Real, being realistic means being truthful. So when you're dealing with somebody for the first time, do what you know you can handle for the next fucking five years. You know, I, I think that's reasonable. So if it's Chick-fil-A, it's Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. Chick-fil-A expensive. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's, that's a solid, like, that's a solid pull-up. That's, a, that's 15, 20 bucks. That's a solid pull-up. Because you, a nigga ain't getting full of Chick-fil-A. No. You, know, you can hang that up straight up. So they didn't get they didn't get a good meal today. You probably had to get three. It says like, look, look, I need light ice on this drink because y'all be trying to hold me cup full of ice. But no, I mean that's a uh, that's a um that's an interesting uh, topic because I really feel like basically all you pointed out was the fact that it goes both ways. By direction, <laughs> it's by direction. Yeah, you know. Um, Quick story. Um, this uncle of mine. Tino, um, when my aunt, when when my aunt was was trying to court him, he you know he was you know he 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 was slow playing, and he said one day he came home, she was outside cutting his grass. Hmm. She was out there cutting his grass, and then after she cut the grass, she went in went in the house and she cooked a full meal. And, and to him, he's like, "Wow, nobody's ever done this for me before. Like I'm gonna really pay attention to this woman." Okay. And that's what and that's the angle that men take. We're trying to show this woman that. Nobody's ever done this for you before. Pay attention to me. I respect that. Which, so, but we know that's not true anymore. I'm just saying because, I mean, we've heard, we, we listen to podcasts, man. We, we, we hear our homeboys talking. We, we talk to single people, you know, and a lot of times with these single people that are trying to get out this single life, they're doing things that are opposite of, to me, having that conversation. Yeah. You know, but now you was about to finish what you was about to say. Nah, I was I was just gonna boast on myself. But <laughs> oh shit, golly! No, nah, but I mean, so what was the outcome of that that woman cutting the yard and and you got married, two kids, they're both oh, wildly oh, successful. Oh, okay, it, it, it okay. worked, it worked, <laughs> it worked. Oh, okay, okay. Does she still cut the yard today? They got too much money to cut the yard. Oh, God. They got way too much money to cut the yard. Now. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. But was she? Was she? Um, would you consider her masculine or? I consider her a go getter. 
Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. like she she goes above even in her profession she goes above and beyond. Like she's a real estate agent, and like I was looking when I was looking at houses, like she was going above and beyond. She was back there climbing fences and all kinds of shit. I was like, word. Like, okay, like, okay, okay. And I was like, you do that for everybody? You just doing that because I'm family? And she's like, no, because like I need to know that when you buy this house, I'll be able to sell it when you get ready to buy another house. She's like, I'm playing the long game. Like, I'm going to put you in the house you want to be in, and I'm going to put you in the house that you want to be in, and I'm going to put you in the house that you want to be in three houses from now. Okay, yeah, that ain't got nothing to do with being masculine at all. No. She's just ambitious. She's a go-getter. She was groomed to she was groomed to be a finisher. Yeah. And obviously she comes from a place where the foundation was laid down. You know? I know y'all used to always crack jokes about laying down the foundation, but uh, but no, like, real talk, though, like, we we don't we don't understand how important it is to lay down that foundation. Like you will not have a house stand upright if the foundation is not laid right. Bro, you can tear down the house and preserve the foundation. Yeah, you really can. And that and, and like you said, that's why that foundation is so important. Because if you have to tear this house down to build this shit again, if you put you a solid foundation down, you gonna be all right. Yeah, like people like it's so sad, man. I mean. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, man. I sit here and see the things that are happening in the black community, man. I just shake my fucking head because it's like until I actually dig, dig, dig deep into history, I will never be able to really truly give an answer for how it all went wrong. Can I say, oh, can I blame the the Tulsa bombings? Can I blame the fact that they burned down places in North Carolina where strong community, black communities were? I told you earlier, man, home court advantage is just a state of mind. Yeah. So for me, it's like, well, you felt at home at this place that burned down. What stopped you from going somewhere else and building back up? You know, and, and I'm not, you know, once again, I'm not attacking those people, but it's really hard to know because, I mean, we didn't write the history books. The history books were written by them. So it really sucks because I'm, I look up now and it's like, bro, like. There isn't many places where you can go to these days, I guess besides Atlanta and maybe some places in Baltimore where, you know, you look and you're like, well, it's it's black out here. It's yeah. blackity black out here. <laughs> and uh, It's comfortably black. Yeah. You, you, know, can be, you can be in Compton and be nervously black. Uh, <laughs> 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 you can be in Chicago and be nervously black. She's she, St. Louis Bro, as well. I was in Chicago and I was nervous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little Rock, St. Louis, man, I didn't been there. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad I'm black, but I'm not comfortable right now. <laughs> but I mean, damn, like, they make it, I guess, uh, I guess it's something I can blame on white people. Um, I guess it's, they make it so easy for everybody but us to lay down that foundation. Because I mean, draw like, I grew up, I grew up in, basically in Greenspoint. And I want to say uh, Southwest Greenspoint, well, Southeast Greenspoint is pretty much, it's considered Little Mexico, which is the uh, the airline Goodson area. Okay. That's, yep, that's, yep. that's Little Mexico, bro. And that shit really extends from from uh, 45 the Beltway all the way to 59. Yeah, I know you non-Houstonians don't know nothing about that, but I'm just dropping some knowledge <laughs> on y'all. I'm the just, people from Houston recognize it yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know where the fuck come from. Like, I know, I, yeah, I may have been born in Chicago, but I know this fucking city like the back of my hand, especially the north side. And um, it's just amazing to me how they came, they saw, and they conquered. Like, 
there is not a lot of division inside the Mexican community looking from the outside in. Yeah. I don't see any division, but it's scary the type of division you see in our community because I know growing up where I grew up in, which was you had the east side, which was more, you know, more city like. And then the west or the west side was more suburban like where you had your, you know, that because the Greens Point Mall is more on the city side. And when you're looking on that side, you're like, damn, like. There were people on the west side that were looking at those people like, oh, y'all on the other side of the track. <laughs> but we all the same, though. And, like, y'all don't want to come fuck with us based off the fact that, oh, you from North Borough or you from you from uh, Imperial Valley. And you, you, you feeling good because you come off, you're from off of Veterans Memorial and Ella and shit. And where you are is a little more cleaner. But believe it or not, that may have been the case in the late 90s, but... The Mexicans that came and took that shit too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's mainly because the black people over there, they never wanted to make that their own. They never felt like it could be their own. So what they, they, they did, felt like they were downtrodden in that area. Exactly. So what they did was shit. They they a lot of them moved more up north or they moved into the city because it's almost like whenever black people sense that, oh, you know, we can we can make this our community, this our block. It's either they get some type of resistance from the government, some type of intimidation, and they just give up. And, I, I, you know, obviously this current generation is probably tired of giving up, but I just don't see it anywhere, man. I see it in specs and specs in places, but shh, I had a homegirl call me, to, you know, hit me the other day talking about, hey, man, did you know Spokane, Washington was 90% white? And I'm like, I ain't shocked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there was never a time where white people were out here and they didn't feel like we can make this our own. Even when they came out here and the main the main inhabitants of America couldn't even speak their language. They still came in and said, don't worry, we good over here. We'll make this our own. We chilling, we you chilling. Know, that's why they're colonizers. And I think there's a, a little bit of envy in, in, in when it comes to us and how they colonize because, bruh, they've been colonizing since after the death of Christ. <laughs> Bruh, um, they, they are ruthless. Like, and I'm talking about Spaniards, Europeans, like they are fucking ruthless. Like once again, home court is a state of mind. A lot of motherfuckers will come Dallas Cowboys. They will let you come on their field. <laughs> And you can run their ass off, and you sense the reason you ran their ass off the damn field is because they felt like I ain't ever been defeated at home this season. <laughs> yeah, so I'm picking at Jay right now because he's a Cowboys fan, and, and Tennessee Titans ran y'all niggas out the goddamn stadium, and y'all ain't lost a game yet in that stadium. Like, come on, bro, that's where you know you can't let niggas catch you sleeping, and for years and years. <laughs> The Celts, the the uh, the the Portugal armies, the fucking Scots, all those people, they mastered the art of coming in and taking your shit while you were asleep. They mastered it, bro. It sounds cowardly, but guess what? That's how you colonize. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. <laughs> I had to use that example. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Can we do the words of advice? <laughs> 
I ain't hesitating. You got it, dog. You can go first. Hold on. I got to update my list of people I'm tired of. <laughs> I think I'm already on that list. No. Twice. <laughs> well, Andy <Andy-Manuel. laughs> you're, you're You're running consecutive terms here, sir. Hey, bro, you gotta you gotta feel me on that though, Jay. I'm just saying, bro. I, I guess I guess my words of advice, if I were to give any words of advice, is uh, I, I just continue to say, be realistic. I mean, uh, behind the scenes, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I kind of laugh at people when they call themselves kings and queens. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm the type of guy that's gonna tell you like, there are no monarchies in the ghetto, and I, I firmly believe that. Once again, you know, it's it's cool. We want to uplift each other. We wanna we wanna um, we wanna make it. We wanna we wanna represent our ancestors, even though our ancestors probably wouldn't have fucked with us anyway. Um, I just want people to be more realistic in the way that if you're gonna call yourself kings and queens, then we really need to start acting like kings and queens. And kings and queens are known to protect their own, protect their castle, protect their villages. Um, it's not all about the looks like I'm really tired of looking at people and saying oh you look good but internally you're trash mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like obviously as a man I value internal beauty but at the same time <laughs> I, I want to be able to you know I want to like what I'm looking at everybody has that right to like what they're looking at because low key I mean I'm a huge fan of cheesecake and the first time I saw a cheesecake, I felt like the cheesecake was beautiful. It was pretty. So I dug into it. If I don't like what I'm looking at, I'm probably not going to be interested in what it has internally. I hope you feel me on that. Yeah, very good, sir. That That's makes all I a got. Lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I might give me a cheesecake today. Cheesecake does always sound good. Uh, my words of advice are stop making your own life hard. <laughs> Bro, no, go ahead. Exactly, it's comical. Like, hey, make life hard on everybody else all you want to, but stop making your life hard. If you have to ask if if you have to ask yourself if this person's into you, you probably already know the answer. If you have to ask yourself, is this job really for you? You probably already know the answer. If you have to ask yourself, am I making a good financial decision by buying this big ass TV? You probably already know the answer. If you like this person, go after it. If you don't, then stop. If you like your job, work hard. If you don't, then stop. Like make the decision and stop laying in this gray area of I don't know. Stop Stop making your life hard on you. I like that. Based on the opinions of others or based on whatever, what have you. You know, stop making your life hard. Because at the end of the day, they still don't give a shit about you. <laughs> they still don't. Low key. You can go back 15 episodes to what I said this shit. They still don't give a fuck, about, don't you. Give a fuck about you. They still man. They haven't found that fuck to give to you. They <laughs> ain't looking for it either. And they're not looking for it. Um. Any 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 announcements? Any shout outs before we get out of here? We still got the shirts for sale. Oh yeah, we still got the shirts for sale. Sizes and... sizes are sizes are running out. Actually, I think oh, we're really? out, we I got... think we're out of extra larges. Okay. Okay. So we just got large and medium left now. Large and medium. All right. Still all right. black and whites. All right. In uh 2019, it's gonna be new designs. Um, I guess I, I just I just shout out to all the podcasts that fuck with us. You know, Crystal Clear, Tea with Monroe, um, Raining Opinions, um. 
when we feel Noise like pollution, it. Noise pollution, YBO. Season 10, uh, uh, size 10, I almost said season 10, Sean, don't beat me up. Uh, <laughs> size 10, I mean, just keep doing what y'all doing. Um, keep perfecting the craft. Um, and if we miss, if we missed you, just, just know that, you know, when we listen, we all got SoundCloud. We know what we doing out here yeah. and, and don't, and don't be discouraged by the fact that don't be discouraged by the Joe Rogans and the Joe Buttons out there that have this mass following and you feel like nobody's listening to you. Cause trust me, people are listening to you when you do not think they are. Like You see those numbers. Yeah. You see the numbers, bro. Nice. You ain't got nothing else? I'm Gucci. All right then. Well, with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?